One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, oh, my Four Center friends, is the Four Center Podcast Feeds main show. I'm Ken Epson. <laughs> uh, and I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I am absolutely in love with your almost Shatner-esque uh, speed down and slow up in that intro. <laughs> Joseph, I, I don't know what is up and what is down right now. I love returning to the comfort of Four Center and you, my friend, and all of our <laughs> listeners. It's been quite a weekend. All good. 
all good. We'll talk about it, but happy to be here talking about news. And then uh, we got some cues a little bit later on, yeah? That's right. We have quesadillas, no questions. News and quesadillas, that'd be fun sometime, though, where we talk about the news and then just sloppily eat quesadillas. That, that would be cruel. I don't know why we'd do that. Anyway, it's going to be cues, questions. I'm excited for that and hungry. First of all, I don't know if you're we we don't we do this audio only. We have the ability to put on a, a video to see each other in our sweatpants talking, but <laughs> I, I did I accidentally do it cuz you might see the quesadilla stain on my shirt. Last <laughs> night's homemade quesadillas. That is Wow. Freaky. I just I sensed I sensed quesadillas. Man, when 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 in doubt, beans, plant-based meat and squish it into a tortilla and you got a dinner, kids. <laughs> Squishing is my favorite part of cooking. Oh, we are off to a, a very fun show today. We got some news uh, coming our way. We've been, it's a season of Boba Fett, we're calling it. We're going to get to that in a second. Before we do that, we always love to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you still by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But as always, Joseph, that's not all. No, we also have an offer from Insight Editions. They are the publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, and they are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. We are continuing to recommend the great Insight Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. As the holiday season comes up, I would keep it in mind uh, as a gift for the young Jedi in your life and the new book, the companion book, uh, Secrets of the Sith, what we are hoping will be Sheev Palpatine's burn book saying which Sith were good and which were just terrible. That's coming out soon, too. And if you want either of those, again, that link is insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. That was hands down your best read of that. And I hope people of Inside Editions are listening because that needs to be the regular ad. The <laughs> Jedi in your life, the young Padawan in your life. Perfect. So many Padawans need that book. I'm glad that I got to experience it as an adult, but man, would I have loved it even more as a kid. Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, a little stress these days. And a lot of times I'll just reach for one of those coffee table books, uh, the, the the lightsaber collection book. I've been flipping through just a couple times this weekend just to be like, oh, lightsabers, calm, peace, serenity, <laughs> the weapon of the Jedi. Uh, and so, so. We recommend all of that. Uh, let's let's catch up. Indeed, a lot going on uh, out there in uh, the world, a lot going on in our lives. But uh, can Star Wars find its way into our lives is always the question, Justin. What about you? Yes, absolutely it can. Uh, we're very lucky to be doing the podcast. And a lot for me, a lot of Star Wars, where we're talking about the uh, great Star Wars Lego uh, Halloween special, Terrifying Tales. That's going to be uh, the subject of our deep dive episode. So I watched that. Watched some episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, been reading uh, the next High Republic book, Out of the Shadows. Uh, and then, so that's all kind of for, for center. Uh, and then I realized uh, that, Amidst being very busy, you know, with just uh, writing, family adventures, keeping up with life, all that stuff, there was a little Star Wars adventure that crept in uh, in this beautiful way. I mentioned it last week's show. Uh, somebody had had uh, asked the question about the tactical display screens, which I Googled and Googled, and there's a general agreement. That seems to be what fans call them is tactical screens, uh, but I couldn't find anything on Wikipedia. So I was like, I'm going to try ordering the most up-to-date, to my knowledge, Star Wars Ultimate Visual Dictionary. This one is from 2019, before Rise of Skywalker has a couple little teaser Rise of Skywalker things. 
Uh, but it's like, maybe it'll be in there. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I got this book. It was a immediate delivery. And I just like, oh, well, I'll flip through it. And I didn't do detailed reading, but I flipped through the entire book, which is yeah. quite large, quite heavy. <laughs> yeah. And the de- the one detail that jumped out to me, because like a lot of this stuff is like stuff that we know because we talk about a lot, you know. Um, but there was a little a little uh, piece on uh, oporensis. And this was a thing that I, I'm pretty sure that I knew, but I hadn't reflected on. And it's got you know, a little, little bit about, uh, you know, who Opal Rancisus is, but it just says there, right there in black and white on the paper, uh, Opal Rancisus survived Order 66. <laughs> there you go. And uh, it was just one of those great moments where just like my mind just went uh, flowing to, that is so great. He is one of the classic oddball Jedi just sitting there on the Jedi Council in the prequel films mostly just sitting there also in the Clone Wars animated series, different moments. And my mind just started spiraling on how great it is that Opal Rancisis lives for now. And uh, all of this is to say, Ken, Mm. that uh, I've been thinking about where he could pop up, where I would want him to pop up. I think an animated is probably a little bit easier given that he's a large snake guy. (laughs) So all of this is to say, for Bad Batch Season 2, I'm now on Oppo Watch. I want Oppo on Bad Batch Season 2. I love that. Do, 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 Oppo Watch. Yes, <laughs> this is, I love this. This is, I consider that a, a great uh, great uh, cause to get behind. I got to imagine, too, you know, back in the day, it was tough to animate him or just uh, make him move in the movies. It probably cost too much. So now the oh. budget's got to be affordable. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would imagine with all the advancements in uh, in animation, they can they can spend some cash on a Oppo, mm-hmm. and I hope they, you know, the, that decision is long made. <laughs> yeah. So I hope they already decided a big yes to Oppo. Oppo Watch continues. I love it. We should start a Twitter feed. Let's do the whole thing. Just mark it. Just mark it all. Yeah, absolutely. Gears Watch. Yes, uh, love that. I love yeah, that. See? So that's fine. How, what yeah. What are yours, Star Wars or life adventures? It, you know, one of those weeks. You're right. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of time spent uh, reading uh, Star Wars, researching Star Wars, watching Star Wars. Man, what a tough life. Um, <laughs> but you know, we talk often. You and I joke as you know the the thing. If either. Um, one of us say, you know, uh, you know, your focus determines your reality. That means some things are probably not going well. And I'm, <laughs> I'm having some stress pre-travel. I'm going to get out to New York to do some comedy. So excited to do that. Fortunate that I get to do that. But uh, when you have a young, uh, uh, young, but uh, actually an old, uh, but small dog that needs care. And uh, you're trying to find the right people to watch the dog and the travel and this and family things. Then it all builds up. And I, I, there was an actual, it was not just something I'm saying on the show today. There was a point in time yesterday on my couch where I just said to myself, your focus determines your reality. You <laughs> really, really have to work on wh- how, what you're, what you're going to do in the next hour. What are you going to do in the next two hours? What are you going to do in the next day? And how are you going to approach it? Are you going to let it defeat you? Uh, and it's not about winning or losing, but you know, just let those feelings, uh, overwhelm you uh the 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 fear uh the anger the suffering all of that it, you see where it all works you see where uh, you know why george built all this into this modern myth and fable uh, and it seems trite to just say star wars inspires me all the time i guess i don't know it's you know people take that 
uh, a little weird. The, 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 the movies, the toys, what are you talking about? You're, you're in your 40s. But no, Star Wars <laughs> continues to guide me and has my whole life. And now more than ever that uh, you and I every week concentrate on the themes and how these apply to our lives and apply to the story. And Qui-Gon's words. And I'll tell you what helped because I, I, I have, uh, I'm going to be doing a Spotlight Star Wars episode on the TV guide issue from 1999, the week the movie was released. Wow. A copy of it now, a, a, a listener, supporter over at the Good People Association sent it my way. And I was reading the, each individual art, article and I read the Liam Neeson one. And Liam is so like Qui-Gon in a lot of ways. And they talk about that. And, and uh, so the words of Qui-Gon and just to see going into the movie in 1999 to see what we thought Qui-Gon might be to where where he is and, and what he has become now. Uh, uh, this uh, wise, um, very sage-like Jedi, despite uh, his big frame. And, and you know, the, a lot of it was, oh, you, you know, this is the guy from Rob Roy, and he knows how to sword fight. And it's like, yeah, that, that's part of being a Jedi, but it's not the core. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Qui-Gon and, uh, continues to, to, uh, to guide uh, many people, but he, he guided me this weekend to choose the right step forward. No, that is totally understandable, and that's what I one of the things that I love about Star Wars. I think sometimes when you you tell people who maybe aren't deep in it that like, oh no, like I take inspiration from it. There is a little yeah. bit like, what you cut people's hands off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a, a, a challenged father figure. What 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 do you mean by that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just love that it is such a heightened world that can be applied to day to day. I kind mm-hmm. of forgot until you were talking. Like uh, yesterday was a difficult day, uh, mm-hmm. just wrestling with stress fear you know like why why take a step forward because it's just going to be <laughs> here are all the problems right you're focusing yeah. on that and like i want to i went on a walk yesterday partially mm. because of star wars <laughs> yeah because it was just like okay we'll just get out of your own head and breathe some right. fresh air and you know uh it, and i love that it can feel like uh just these good solid normal day-to-day choices you get a little inspiration a little kick to to yeah. make those good choices uh, because of this great fable. Yes, it totally, totally. You know, you go and go for a walk, you breathe that air. It's, it's organic versus, uh, you know, being locked in your own personal death star. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're in your body, you're breathing all that great stuff. Indeed. So there you go. The continuing reward of the words of Qui-Gon Jim and a lot of fun, a lot of Star Wars to talk about. And again, I, I, it's not the Star Wars that gets us stressed, uh, but sometimes you're sitting there you're like, all right, got to watch Clone Wars. Ah, got to watch this. Got to read uh, Out of Shadows. Got to read it. And, and, and you can, you know, you, you got to pull back, get perspective. And we all need that from time to time. Glad Star Wars can provide that. Uh, speaking of perspective, we are going to have a lot more perspective and context and understanding of the character of Boba Fett. Someone famously stoic and withdrawn from our lives. Um <laughs> Right after we, uh, as always, when we release a, a news episode within a day or two, some news will drop. So this is us uh, finally getting a chance to discuss the Book of Boba Fett poster, the key art that was released, and a premiere date reveal. So, Joseph, as expected, we knew December was the time, but now we know for sure that the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett will be arriving on Wednesday, December 29th, 2021, on the eve, almost the exact eve, of 2022. So, thoughts on the timing, and this is a Wednesday, as we knew this was going to be happening, the switch from Friday to Wednesday for these big uh, Disney Plus TV shows. Uh, We got MCU's Hawkeye out there. A lot of things going into this decision, Joseph, so let's dive in. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I just want to be sure to start with uh, thrill and excitement. I'm so excited for A Book of Boba Fett. I love that poster. We're going to be talking more about the poster. Uh, but my big picture reaction to any Boba Fett news is, hooray, we get to talk about Boba Fett because I'm mm. super excited uh, for this show. In terms of this direct question of the release date, I was a little surprised. I kind of thought it would be earlier mm-hmm. in December. Uh, so I'm a little surprised. And I'm also just kind of fascinated with, you know, Disney Plus is going to be about two years old by then, right? Uh, Just over. And it's still figuring out this entirely new media landscape of the sheer volume of Star Wars content and Marvel content and just content in general. Uh, So unless something changes, uh, the first episode of Book of Boba Fett will be released the same moment as the finale (laughs) of the MCU Hawkeye show. Um, I kind of think one of them will shift. Uh, And I think this is representative of, I think, a challenge that Disney Plus is going to run into where I'm sure there are plenty of Star Wars fans and Marvel fans who don't cross over. But Mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty damn big circle in the middle of that Venn diagram, right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. So just just for fans, Mm -hmm. I wonder if they want to... Like, I know they went through, they're like, we released on Friday. Hey, we tried on Wednesday, and Wednesday really works better. We see it in the numbers. They were just public about that, which, you know, streaming services are not always public about numbers. So we know that we really like this for numbers reasons. But I wonder if at some point they'll be like, you know, Wednesday is Marvel Day and Thursday is Star Wars Day. So they don't Mm -hmm. end up bumping into one another or, you know, do a... They've done this before where they, they they announce when something's starting, but they don't entirely announce exact release dates you know so i wouldn't be surprised to see the hawkeye one be surprised we're doing the last two episodes mm. you know the week before or whatever um yeah so I, i'm fascinated by that release date shuffle um yeah so what are your thoughts on that oh yeah uh, i am um i'm excited for the wednesday release overall i think we talked about that at the time but it just it just i don't know midweek uh, weekends can sometimes be a little tough trying to uh, watch and cram it all in there again. What problems we have in life, seriously, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on this crossover. I didn't realize it was that. I knew it was around the same time, but the exact uh, moment, like you said, potentially. Uh, and it's funny because uh, Hawkeye is the MCU's show I probably will watch because I'm such a fan of that comic series, the Matt Fraction uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm. I just want to see Pizza Dog on my screen, so I'm. I, I'm really excited. So they're good. Too, I'd have this choice to make, but it's interesting because it isn't like, uh, you know, back in the early 90s where my family, my dad and I had to choose is it home improvement or Seinfeld? And we <laughs> ended up Seinfeld second season, we stuck with it. Uh, Thursdays at nine o'clock, and I think home improvement finally moved, and then my dad's dreams came true. This isn't that, it's not the old model, so they, I guess, they have to factor that in versus eh, it's just a Wednesday and you can watch them both back to back. I, you know, I wonder if there's some science, some numbers, some analytics that show that, no, if you release them at the same time, same day, will affect the numbers. That's an interesting thing. I hadn't really thought about that. So all that to say, I think you're right. Let's uh, we'll bump up Hawkeye, make it a Christmas Day special. <laughs> yeah, it's also, to me, a question of, like, how much do they value the social media talk? Like, you know, for things like Comic-Con, the social media engagement is that that's a huge metric that companies care about now, you know? Uh, it'd be one thing if, like, uh, the two, the middle of Boba Fett uh, passes in the night with the middle of Hawkeye, but the final episode and the first episode of both could really drive social media conversation. And it's not that, oh, yeah, it's two 
hour or, or shorter shows, it's not like people don't have the time necessarily to watch them, although maybe mm. they don't. Um, it's more like the cannibalizing, the talking and the focus and the reviews and the podcasts, you know? A hundred percent. And and I, I would love to have some direct, you know, uh, words of insight from people. I don't, I don't, I don't know any people on the PR side or anything. I've never really heard the inside uh, baseball chatter of how valuable that is. Cause clearly, you know, they'll, they'll follow some of the channels of the influencers uh, talking this stuff and bring them on events. And uh, we've seen that we know that exists. Um, but now you hear a lot of this, you know, weekly versus binge model. And, and, um, you know, I heard, I saw some critics complaining the day that, that show that a lot of people love uh, sex education dropped it one season, all one weekend, boom, the conversation's done. It's like the show is in the past already. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much that does matter to the people up in the higher, uh, higher tiered offices, uh, over there in Glendale <laughs> in the offices of Disney. Uh, I, I, I gotta think that factors in and, and that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, it makes a big difference. I, I'm also fascinated by this, um, the exact timing. I mean, um, I think Hawkeye or well, they announced Book of Boba Fett. So I think Hawkeye will probably shift in some way. But then there's also like, this is that, you know, weird week between, you know, uh, one major holiday uh, for many people, Christmas and New Year's. Um, so I kind of think it might be great for um, for fans because a lot of times people either aren't at work or their workload is much reduced during that time period. And speaking very generally. Uh, but I saw a lot of reaction from... Journalists, podcasters going, oh boy, <laughs> I was I was maybe going to take that time off. And this is like, that's, you know, people's job to, to cover this. So that's yeah. fascinating, too. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, I, I don't know what hotel high end uh, Wi-Fi I'm going to have to pay for because I'll probably be gone during this week. So if we're going to talk about it, I'll be in the lobby of a uh, you know, a holiday and express, uh, talking about it. Um, it factors in and look, you can make, we can make the jokes, but it is a job. These are livelihoods. And this is something that, uh, is also out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating mm-hmm. stuff. Fascinating. Uh, what do you think this does, uh, for star Wars in 2022, Joseph? Cause now I was looking Boba Fett. Yeah, it was December, but it's a 2021 star Wars thing. 2022 just, just is now bursting at the seams with Star Wars goodness. What do, you, what do you think about this year coming our way? Unprecedented. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I mean, that's a big difference with, I thought there was just going to be a, a little light dangle of Boba Fett <laughs> yes. into 2022. And now it, the shank of Boba Fett, most of Boba Fett is going to be in 2022, right? So now that means we're looking at, in 2022, Book of Boba Fett and or Kenobi Mandalorian season three, Bad Batch season two, probably still plenty of little unannounced uh, behind the scenes, you know, Disney mm-hmm. gallery shows, probably some other Lego specials, you know, who knows what other other little, you know, drips uh, uh, of that. That sounds, you know, dismissive. And I don't mean it that way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, supportive content, not the major releases. But that's just, that is a ton of Star Wars, right? Yeah, absolutely is. You know, they quietly dropped those Galaxy of Sound shorts um, last week, and I've been watching those. I've just been putting those on in the background. I love them. I love having that. And what a year of content! And what a yeah, you're so right. Unprecedented. So right. I, I still go back. Tell tw- tell twelve year old Ken, you're gonna have a year of a Boba Fett show, an Obi Wan show. Uh, you know this thing called Mandalorian. 
wasn't that the Boba Fett show? Well, no, it's something in addition to the Boba <laughs> Like, <laughs> boom. My mind would have just imploded. I did. You, a Star Wars animated show. I'd be like, like droids? No. Better. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, the Clone Wars, you know, G.I. Joe, those two are going to combine. <laughs> what? Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a, a lot of these shows are, are going to be shorter, you know, Kenobi six episodes and all that kind of thing. Um, but if, if Bad Batch's season order is similar in length and or is a little bit longer, we know, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, a, <laughs> more so many weeks where there is Star Wars and not a huge gap. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Joseph, we better finish the Clone Wars report real soon. We better just double <laughs> up right now. That's right. Oh, wow. There's going to be a lot of great Star Wars talking. I am truly excited, but I'm also excited to see um, if the general effect is that, you know, really intense Star Wars fans are are thrilled, right? Or if there's going to be a, a, a kind of diversification where you, you're getting more fans going, yeah, you know, Kenobi's really not for me, or Bad, Bad Batch is really not for me, uh, but I'm really here for Mandalorian and Boba Fett, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and, and I want, look, I, you know, we want everyone to love every Star Wars. I just, I'm, there's some comfort I have in that, that maybe there finally is so much on the table that the discourse will now <laughs> be more about what people like versus what they want to, don't like or want to tear down at times. Well, I hope to keep uh, fighting the good fight for that of mm. if, you know, if Bad Batch, for example, isn't for you, totally understandable. But you can compliment, you know, Book of Boba Fett without tearing down Bad Batch, you know. Yeah. It, it is. It's it's like going to a restaurant and everybody at the table <laughs> orders something different. And, like, you can be happy with your tacos without calling somebody else's pizza crap. <laughs> right. Right. Gosh, or calling pizza boring. Oh, man. I heard someone say that about Bad Batch recently, and I had to, uh, you know, stop uh, getting in my car to drive to their house. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> and, I, and it's my—that's on me. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. So. Yeah, yeah. So a good time to be a Star Wars fan, as you have been saying uh, for many years, Ken. But now, oh, man, uh, <laughs> yes. really good time to be a Star yeah. Wars fan in 2022. Uh, yeah, and I've been saying that really since 1983. But yes, now 2022, it even has more meaning. We also got some nice key art. A nice poster was released for this of. Um, I describe it as a confident yet tired question mark. Boba Fett sitting on his new throne and our very own Jennifer Landa tweeted out a very funny uh, tweet about how uh, she looks like this after taking her kids to school. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and once I saw that, I couldn't unsee kind of that, oh, tired, but this is good vibe from the uh, poster. So what do you think about Boba Fett on his uh, throne of the underworld? I love it. You know, it, it is similar to the image that we got that kind of announcing the show, teasing the show at the end of Mandalorian season two. But there is something different because it's it's just him. It's it's not the whole, you know, uh, tableau with Fennec Shand. It, and there is a vibe of like, I, I almost want to see that poster that just says like Boba Fett, middle aged and loving it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's so got a like a kicking back vibe. Yeah. Um which is like there's a little bit of obviously uh, comedy to that, which is great to celebrate. But I also think it really uh, cements like that the teaser trailer made us all seem like, ooh, it looks like this is about Boba taking the throne. He, you know, Bib's sitting there, he shoots him and he takes it, right? Um, yeah. But this being the image, uh, the actual kind of little log line we'll talk about, mm -hmm. it's really, to me, says a lot about the show that it's got this like gangster vibe of yeah. like, Almost like, uh, you know, thinking of it in terms of Godfather of, of Boba Fett going, I did my time running through the streets of the galaxy, 
doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm sitting here and I'm going to be the space godfather and people will come to me. You know, like there's that real sense of like, I am going to earn what is mine. And that means me sitting here being yeah. in charge, not running around and carbon freezing every a-hole in the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you come to me and maybe I'll, t I'll send somebody out to carbon freeze an a-hole for you. Yeah. That, no, that is someone um, tired or not, someone who's sitting on that throne pretty securely in their mind. Uh, let's, let's read that log line here. We're saying log line, but it was a description in the article here and nothing, nothing too surprising, but it's good to just kind of see it in print here. The book of Boba Fett, a thrilling star Wars adventure finds legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shan navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate there. It, you can tie it to that post, Joseph. It's, it's definitely wrestling and navigating and, and uh, I'm here. Let me figure this out. I've already taken the throne. Now, how's this going to work? I, I absolutely could see that in the poster. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, it's not like I'm saying like Boba Fett is going to be sitting there for the show. Obviously he's <laughs> going to get up and there's going to be <laughs> Boba Fett's going to sit up. That's my big prediction. Uh, and there's going to I think be great action, but I just love that idea of what would a guy like him want is, He's had the power and the status of being the best bounty hunter in the galaxy that he went through clearly some difficult times. And now he wants that power and status of being like, if you want anything to happen, you come here and kiss the Beskar, you know? Yes. Yes. Kiss my ring. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love the, I just, there's some about um, them, you know, th there's such a victorious pose at the end of Mando uh, season two, right? It's just like, yeah, we, we came, we conquered, we, we, ate all the bubble gum and kicked ass. Here we are. But then like winning and ruling being two different things. I don't want this to be the logistics problems of Boba Fett. Like what? We're, we're out of food in the kitchens or I don't want that. But just that, <laughs> what, I, that's interesting to me that we're done. You know, the throne's been taken. The, the real challenge is keeping it now and how Boba Fett reacts to that and, and wrestling with identity and who he is and all those wonderful things we've talked about. But it, uh, that's, uh, that's intriguing. Again, None of this surprising, but it's just, I, I get, I, it's exciting to see it there in front of you, to see the posters, see the words and know we've got, we've got new tales of Boba Fett just around the corner. Yeah. And just kind of like in terms of the Star Wars uh, world pulling from different genres, the idea that this could be a sort of Tatooine boardwalk empire, right? <laughs> yeah, that, I loved that show and, and uh, rest in peace, Michael K. Williams, uh, uh, Chalky White on that show. I Absolutely. love that show. Yeah. And, and. An example of, of a show that, that, that yeah, absolutely took that realistic dive and, and went all over the place, too. But, yeah, that's a, sorry. I got excited. You got me excited even more than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because that show is all about, like, the different gangsters carving out their territory, kind of working together, having to um, sometimes maybe betray one another. Yeah. And there's there's only so much crime to be done, right? And I think in the, in the Star Wars galaxy, right, the spice trade might be up for grabs. Uh arms dealing because there's got to be some weird factions going on mm. uh you know the, we know the bounty hunters guild is kind of the somewhat legitimate guild but you know the hiring assassins outside of that you know maybe run for the money at taking over the bounty hunters guild um and then we just start to go down the the road of like what crime syndicates are established in the star wars galaxy uh mm. you know in, in solo which obviously is earlier in the timeline 
They talk about the five syndicates, which is Crimson Dawn, Black Sun, the Pikes, the Hut Cartel, and the Crimora Syndicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. mentioned, just mentioned a bunch of places. Uh, so that's wide open to be explored. Uh, and I like that the name is Crimora because it sounds like a mean bully taunting you on the <laughs> playground. <laughs> But then we also know we have the droid Gatra floating around out there. You know, my mind went to like, could we, could Fett and, and Fennec actually just go to Nal Hutta and we could see it live action? Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Black Sun, is this going to be a live action Zizor and <laughs> people who jumped on in Shadows of the Empire lose their minds? You know, like yeah. there's, there's so much. And I know the comics are really doing it now, but um, mm. for live action on the screen, there's so many exciting places to go and people to see. <laughs> <laughs> truly is uh it's a it's a tour through uh, the underworld indeed and and, and we know there's, there's some big themes that are gonna jump out and we're gonna dive into that but i, I i'm i'm excited um at the at those kind of possibilities not just people popping up but, yeah you could have an afro pop up you could you could have a, a santa staros pop pop up at all kind of track depending on where they want to take those characters in the comic books and and line them up in here again we is robert rodriguez uh you know like hey i'd love to put afro into it i don't know i don't know it's hard to assume or someone in the creative team it could very well be the case or or we just kind of you know get a bunch of new characters too as, as well but I, I love what you're saying uh the idea of seeing uh, other huts in live action you know they can't mm. be none too happy maybe rada came back from college <laughs> it's like well, where's dad what's going on you might have something to say about it yeah yeah the return of malakili that's what uh that's what this is all about it's all about this and uh and who doesn't? You know, Conjure Club, all those, all those uh, gangs uh, that we uh, learn about later. Oh on. yeah, could all yeah. sync up. Especially that Shand last name. So well, there we go. We we are getting excited. Season of Boba Fett is upon us, right around the corner. Just a couple more weeks, maybe we thought you'll unwrap those gifts. You'll get yourself some new Boba Fett pajamas, and then celebrate the new year with the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, holly jolly disintegration. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Love that. Uh, Final little quick news story we want to talk about here. George Lucas, you heard of him. Once again, he's going to be in figure form. Oh, we love talking about figures. We love love talking about toys. And we love talking about George Lucas here at Force Center, as you should. He is the creator. And uh, this is George Lucas uh, in Stormtrooper form. He's now going to be part of the 50th anniversary six-inch Black Series line, Stormtrooper outfit, George's... uh, Beautiful head of gray hair and beard uh, popping out there. Uh, so this is, uh, of course, I, I guess kind of a, a remake might not be the exact word, but there was a previous uh, figure of George in Stormtrooper outfit. So kind of makes sense here. We'll start uh, with this, uh, Joseph. Uh, your thoughts on George in six-inch form? Uh, it's great. I, I like this weird tradition of uh, of Lucas action figures. Um, there's something about it that is, it is a tribute, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but it, it's also just kind of like funny and weird and funny and weird is a big part of star Wars. Mm. Um, and I think there's something about that spirit that feels like it's being celebrated, you know, that yeah. Lucas obviously has deep thoughts about what star Wars is, but then he's also like, <laughs> you know, that, uh, I think the relatively recent panel where somebody asked him like, well, what's your favorite arc in clone wars? Like, eh, you know, the droids one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of kind of pushing back and all. He, he there's some he often goes back to like, yeah, but I like the goofy silly stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I created all the deep stuff and I know what it means and I'm and it's real important, but also uh, I like the silly stuff and 
this feels both honorable and silly, which is great. Yeah, we are. We are the Clone Wars report. We are racing towards some uh, fun, silly characters that are going to challenge how deep I want to go with the Clone Wars. Looking at you, Niebuhr. <laughs> looking at you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I love what you're saying. It's, it's, it is a fun celebration. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be adding this one to my collection, just where my collect is right now. Uh, but do you have any uh, other previous ones? I know you don't collect six inch, but maybe I should ask you, are you going to collect, George? Uh, I might pick this one up. I don't have many six inch. I might pick this one up. Uh, I really wanted that 2006 vintage collection one. It's the mm. um, it's the younger Lucas, obviously, but but the similar one to this where he's it's a stormtrooper uh, in disguise on the vintage card. Um, and I almost got it uh, at a He-Man convention. And then uh, when I went back to get it, somebody else had bought it. Uh, it's uh, on sto- on sale at a store that I used to do shows at for like $150. <laughs> it's like one of these days, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty expensive on the internet. So I-, I would love that one. So maybe I'll pick up this one. I also like that this is older, uh, mature George Lucas in this. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the other one, that Stormtrooper one from 06 uh, looks like the cover of that uh, that George Lucas making of book that went around for a while. I can't remember. <laughs> I might have been a, a Rinsler book. I can't remember. But just had George on the cover with the, 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 the black hair flowing in the wind there. Um, do, do you own any of the previous uh, – you're talking about one, the vintage one. But we got Baron Papanota and then the, the Celebration 2, I believe it was, exclusive X-Wing pilot. Uh, do you own uh, the Baron? Uh, no, I don't have I don't have any of these Lucas figures because uh, I kept waiting for that. Like someday I'll pick up that vintage one. <laughs> yeah, someday. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the Celebration Two X Wing pilot one. My, my pal Mark Riley uh, has that one uh, from when he actually was at Celebration Two and performed there, and he got that as a gift. Um, and so I've seen it. I've seen it. It exists. It's not just in lore. I've seen it on a wall. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, I think I, it's so funny. I, I think I have the Baron Papanoida. I think I have the, the Lucas family set. The, 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 the three, um, Oh, nice. Three. Uh, I think it's just three or they have all four of the family members yet included and Amanda and Katie. I have to check that out, but I, I think I have it. I have to go dig a, dig. So I need to pull a suitcase out of storage. You know what I'm going to also do? Pull my toys out of storage and see <laughs> if I have this figure. <laughs> you know, at, at a certain age, we all need to check for Papanoida. So I think you should yes. uh, check for Papanoida. Oh, please do it now. Uh, the uh, This follows the recently announced uh, Dave Filoni slash Trapper Wolf figure. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that one's a fun one as well. And by the way, our friend Brian Ward always puts out uh, parody figure uh, packages. And uh, he already has done the Lucas and Filoni. And I think eventually they should just make the ones that Brian's putting out there into the world. <laughs> so I think. Um, do you want any more of these BTS cameo figures? Anyone that you need? Yeah, I Googled because I would imagine, I, I thought it had to exist. Uh, I, I want a Ben Burt action figure, and this is a, a Colonel Dyer, his cameo in Return of the Jedi, but it comes in a battle pack with Luke and an Ewok. So, you know, I would love them to make a single card. Yeah. Uh, also, because of this news item, I was like, I bet there's a, a General Farrell Macquarie <laughs> action right. figure of Ralph Macquarie's cameo. And sure enough, there is. And it was entirely affordable. In moments before we hit record, I bought it. So it's <laughs> it's on my way to me right now. Uh, Star Wars uh, uh, fandom in motion right here, right now. Love that. Love that. I would, you know, there's a, there's a lot that you could uh, probably, uh, you know, a lot of names you could list for BTS kind of stuff. But I did. You mentioned the 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 Ben Burt one. I I think I I do need the Rick McCallum Anna Menace cameo figure. <laughs> Just the character. 
I mean, in truth, I'd want one that's just him with that hair kind of crazy, chomping gum on his office phone, swearing as he talks to Ewan McGregor. I mean, that one I think we all would love. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he would have to come in vintage uh, episode one packaging with the, the Comtech chip where he just swears when you put the figure on the on the stand. Ewan, man, yeah, isn't it beeping great? Yeah, man, we're going to make this beeping film. Uh, try Algeria, over. Yeah, that, these are the lines I want. These are the lines I want. Um yeah, there's that. And then there's a lot of fun ones along the way of just people we know. But like, if, if you want to keep them like in the universe, I'd still love um, the Robert Watt, Watts, Richard Marquand, ATSD driver pack. Oh, yeah, that'd actually, be great. Yeah, that'd they, be great. Yeah, Watts is great and, and has such a, you know, uh, has done a lot of great work, both on Star Wars and Indiana Jones back in the day. But uh, the, the late Richard Marquand put some respect on him for what he did do with Return of the Jedi. I think he gets overlooked a lot understandably because of the scenario and all the stories behind it. Um, but I think it'd be fun. He's in the film. Uh, he gets, uh, you know, tossed out is he, I think he gets tossed out by uh, Chewie. Uh, I don't, I don't know that one. Yeah. yeah but anyways, uh, that'd be fun. So that'd be my choice. The Watts and Mark Wand ATS to drop her back. That's great. Uh, I feel like we need a lot of rise of Skywalker action figures, including mm. Oma trace. Uh, so you can have a John Williams action figure. Would be oh, great. Yeah. Oh, God, could you imagine the playset if they make the whole bar in detail with all the props uh, made uh, after his music? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be so great. Here's the last thing I want sometime is, like, I, I love all the Lucas uh, figures. They're, they're really fun. They're great. And I love that, you know, ba- Papanoid is his, his character. So you get that. The X-Wing pilot is cool. The Stormtrooper's like, it, it works, uh, but <laughs> it, it's a villainous role. Yeah. So I would like him... I was thinking maybe I would like the Lucas Jedi. And then I thought what I really want, Ken, my ultimate dream Lucas figure set is that you buy a uh, a set of the entire Jedi Council. Uh, you just pick one of the films, uh, maybe Phantom Menace. You got the best amount of weirdos there. Yeah. And then when you buy the set, it's not advertised. You just notice that there's a 13th chair and Lucas just in flannel and jeans is sitting there. The there? 13th member of the Jedi Council. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, and Caddy Mundy's just staring at him. Just, you know, <laughs> love it. He's an yep. auteur, not a director. Uh, love that. Love that. So there you go. There are our George Lucas in figure form dreams and more here. Uh, that's a look at Star Wars news. As always, there's a lot of stories out there, a lot of things we either don't cover, there are leaks, rumors. Uh, speculation. Uh, so if there's anything uh, out there, uh, we understand if we're uh, not discussing it, but uh, we'll get to the big news items when we can. All right, Joseph, before we take a quick break, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audio book we think you should try out on us. What do we got? That is right. We are still recommending the next High Republic book, Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. Great breakthrough. We're both actually mm. reading this book now. Uh, we will be discussing it next week. So if you want to be caught up with our discussion, uh, you can and, uh, do the audiobook action, right, Ken? You can absolutely do that. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. We are reading out of the shadows, having so much fun reading. I'm really enjoying it. Can't wait to break it down. We'll be doing that uh, next uh, week here on Force Center, like Joseph said. All right, quick break. On the other side, your questions here on Force Center. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Force Center, my friends. This is the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our <laughs> fleet. I'm, Joseph, I'm in a weird one today. I'm in a weird mood. Um, yes, you, you were reminding me of uh, when I've done shows that have a long runtime and not in individual shows, but the show runs for a long time and, and you get to that point where you're like, 
you just see somebody go, I got to switch it up. I got to switch it up. Yeah. I got to deliver this line differently. That's a little bit. Yeah, that was a little bit. And, and we, it's funny is you and I, some, a lot of our intros and outros might be written down just for, for you know, posterity and to have them there. But I think we say most of the stuff out of memory now, which is, is fine. But yeah, you're right. You, you know, you want to kind of make sure you're, uh, you're, 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 you're loose and ready to go wherever the force takes you. So that's right. Bear with me. But uh, what changes every week is our wonderful questions from our fans. Joseph, what do we have? Yeah, we got two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. Speaking of things that we say all the time, we say that every week because it's always true. Uh, Anyway, we're going to go to Twitter first. Our first question comes from Gaz. Uh, Twitter says, what new ability, uh, or Gaz says, Twitter doesn't say it. Gaz (laughs) says it on Twitter. I'm switching things up too. Just swapping words. Anyway, here we go. Here is the question. What new abilities might Ben Solo be able to use as a Force Ghost? We saw Yoda cast lightning and Luke raise an X-Wing on Octo. Each Force Ghost seemed to be able to push the boundaries further. Could Ben become more powerful than you could possibly imagine? Well, to quote Ben's father, uh, I can imagine quite a lot. So this is going to be a fun question, Ken. Where do you go with this? Uh, In general, with... um, what Force Spirits can and can't do and what your hopes are for Force Spirit Ben. Yeah, depending on what they, um, totally accepting the idea that, uh, I know that term Force Ghost, though acceptable, is maybe misleading now, you know, back to all the people that used to love making the jokes of um, Alec Guinness sitting on a log, you know, now it makes sense. And and Claudia Gray specifically has done such a good job just explaining what that process is. And then we got additional stuff and uh, Clone Wars and, and onward. Now I just, I look at Force Ghosts differently than I did say in 1988, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love this idea of something that they can either learn or something that they can gain, um, something that reflects them. I mean, uh, you know, Yoda casting lightning, I don't necessarily think that reflects him other than uh, he's forceful and, and purposeful when he needs to be. So he, he made his point. Uh, so I like that kind of thought. And it does um, make me wonder about Ben, who's someone who is wonderfully, deeply powerful in the force, but maybe uh, didn't have full command over all the aspects of it that maybe he wanted to. And maybe he was a little unhinged at times. And what would that mean in the afterlife? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are there any particular abilities that you can imagine that you'd want to see? I first went um, surface level. I thought, okay, so what, you know, he already can stop laser bolts. What if as a force ghost, he can return laser bolts into the blasters? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty great. Or just, yeah, just deny laser bolts and they just fall apart. <laughs> so I started there. And then the other one, uh, I don't know if you kind of thought the same thing here. Of just based on what we kind of saw him at the end of Ben Solo versus Kylo, um, this uh, could he could he heal and heal wounds in some way? Mm. I'm not necessarily saying bring bring life back. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see that at all, but like, you know, I don't know. Ray falls down and goes boom while exploring. And she's got a, she's got a boo-boo, you know, and, and force goes bad and could be like, I got you. I got you back. <laughs> I got some energy. Um, or maybe it has more meaning than that, I guess. Cause it's stuff yes. you want to go deeper, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like that seems to be part of what he was at the end. Force ghost first aid makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's so many interesting ideas to explore here. Um, I I like that we do get some more details, some more perspective in lots of different places from the Clone Wars animated series, that Yoda arc at the uh, end of uh, season six. 
um, those great stories that you can, you know, debate the exact canon level uh, in from a certain point of view, both the uh, Obi-Wan experiencing become with, becoming one with the Force, Qui-Gon uh, deciding to answer uh, Kenobi's call and sort of having to kind of reform himself to be seen uh, by Obi-Wan in an understandable form. Um, so there's these bits and pieces of canon but this is one of the great parts of Star Wars that is a little bit ambiguous, and I like it that way. Because I, I like the idea that they took this step into this next adventure, this level of uh, cosmic uh, luminosity uh, mm. that is a different reality. And maybe not entirely, uh, you're not able to entirely comprehend it because it's a truly different level of reality. Um, so because of my desire for it to be like that, I like a little bit of the ambiguity. Uh, for, like, for example, with with Yoda summoning the lightning out of the the natural, you know, clouds uh, and with Luke lifting the X-Wing, is that something that four spirits could do anywhere, anytime? Or is that Octo? Is that because, right. you know, they are more centered uh, on it's a, such a strong place in the force uh, the way if you interpret in the Mortis arc that that is Qui-Gon appearing and not any sort of trick of Mortis, uh, you know, he's appearing on Mortis because it is a powerful place and, and he is able to do that at that time you know yeah um you also got in, in, to throw into this great uh, conversation you know what obi-wan says to luke in empire strikes back of if you choose to face vader you'll do so alone i, I cannot interfere um uh, and i don't know it, it's great to know like it does cannot interfere mean literally <laughs> i don't have the power to have a physical impact on the world or it's it's morally wrong it's not the way of things it's unnatural you know yeah because this is your fight now so like just on a like moral level it would be against the light for me to you know i have passed and i can give advice but you are the active this is your fight now you are the active yeah. participant i can't physically do anything for you yeah i was exactly going that direction of uh yeah nah, not no more luke i did my time this is all you it has got to be you uh for it to be earned and but I, yeah i choose uh choose to think but particularly with the yoda stuff that's a great great thing to bring up uh with that reference on empire just perhaps a little bit of both i i i we've clearly seen areas strong in the force you know so that makes com uh, total sense total sense and um you know maybe force ghost ben uh only sticks around uh, Exegol. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I think about Ben and what makes it different is that he has this bond with Ray. Uh, they have, you know, they're a dyad. So there's this extra connection. But then also they they have literally exchanged their own, their life energy, you know, like, uh, and there's the suggestion that, you know, there's a little bit of glorious ambiguity there too of, yeah, Ray can heal the Vexus, but is there something different going on between her and Ben that, mm. it, they they have this energy this life bond that is their their life energy is is both of them you know yeah. um so that makes it interesting to me that idea that ben might have some different uh, abilities or a different way of being uh, a force spirit because he has moved on in one way but in another way he's still tethered to this sort of a uh, um mm -hmm. crude matter uh, reality uh through ray that he has a more like direct link uh, right. So that's really that would be an interesting story to explore for me. Yeah, the, the kind of wherever she goes, he goes. Kind of, kind of thought behind it. Yeah, because I feel like you know, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. I know some fans really like the idea that um, force spirits need to learn the ability to fully present themselves right. to people, but also the person seeing them needs to mature in their connection to the force enough to see them. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And th- we've seen that with Yoda and with Obi-Wan, uh, that they really appear to Luke uh, in other people when, when they're really, truly needed. But with Ben and Ray, would it just be that, like, Ben is kind of always there? Yeah, which would be... Like, guy, you could actually use do some storytelling with that. That uh, not that I'm suggesting a Disney Plus. Uh, me and my uh, Force Ghost, uh, Force 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 Ghost friend, but um, yeah, yeah. There's something that, that that makes sense with because of their connection. You could explore that versus the yeah, hmm. yeah. And then for just like nerd out cool powers to uh, Gaz's question, it, it would be cool to see Kylo just like be able to not move the Falcon through the force, but like truly possess the Falcon and fly around in it. <laughs> like there's nobody on board and the yeah. Falcon just takes off and does cool stuff because yeah. Ben Solo is, is, has become one with the Falcon. Does he get to talk to the computer L3? Just she's yelling <laughs> at him. Yeah. A lot going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Uh, great question, Gaz. Lots of fun things uh, to explore. We're going to move on to our question from Rob. Uh, Rob says, hi, guys. After listening to your fantastic breakdown of the titles of Star Wars, I'm wondering if the name Star Wars itself limits writers. Does every story need galactic conflict? Is there room for actual slice-of-life stories, the life of a pod racer or Alderanian artist? Thanks. Uh, thank you, Rob, for the uh, kind words and for the great question. Where do you go with this, Ken? We've talked about the title mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, being this this interesting uh, um, connection of ideas, this interesting point of tension, because it's mm-hmm. Star Wars is a great title for an adventure serial, is great for marketing <laughs> yeah. when it came out. But it, then you're also always left with a title that um, suggests uh, that war is a thrilling, fun story that people want to watch, uh, and also philosophy inherent to it that war is a thing to be avoided. Yeah, look, I, I I go to the first, Rob, this is a wonderful question. I go first to this idea that it's so big of a brand name that that maybe not as much as we think. However, it is, uh, I think it sometimes can keep um, casual fans maybe, not a casual, I hate that term, but just fans who don't host a podcast uh, and spend all <laughs> week and read Star Wars books. That, that 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 maybe that's certainly the expectation because it's in the title wars and then if from a distance in the 80s it's all about this great war and knights and laser swords and and heroes when 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 star wars is as much as it is that we we know that star wars is so much more what we were talking about at the, at the beginning of the show where i think the themes uh are what you know, you maybe you should be focusing on, but uh the, the billboard just makes you want to go see a bunch of pew 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 and that's always just it it is an inherent marketing problem so that said i still think if you're sitting down to write these slice of life stories just a solo a star wars story isn't necessarily slice of life but it's smaller smaller stakes but you and i've broken down many times it's completely tied into all that is going on and the life of a pod racer is someone who might be um, from the outer rim, the poor part of the galaxy or the underdeveloped part of the, the galaxy. And what does that mean? What is the relationship to everyone else? And an Alderanian artist um, might, uh, what, how are they going to connect to to anything that's going on? Depending on, if you tell the story a thousand years ago, it might be different. But if you tell the story of, a, of an Alderanian artist uh, as the uh, Republic turns to the empire, they're going to be connected to the politics of the day and uh, you and I have said, and, and and you've said many times, Joseph, that you know these these wars happen for a reason. There's politics behind <laughs> all the wars. So therefore, and I don't I don't mean to 
cheat uh, an answer here with Rob. I think even the story of a pod racer would be connected to the bigger picture. And even though a Death Star is not going to explode, much like Solo, a Star Wars story, it represents all the all that is going on in the galaxy at this time. And and then you still got to have the high tension of whatever's going on in their lives as as a writer, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker. So it's always going to seem a little bit bigger. We we know it's not my dinner with Andre, but uh, <laughs> I do think I think it's still I, I it doesn't need to limit it uh, for the writers. It might limit it for the fans. Yeah, I, I think that's a very, very well said of, I, yeah, I don't, I, I think at this point it is such a, you know, it, it is the umbrella title for this entire big uh, idea. And I love what you're saying of like everything funnels back to the conflicts that could or, or have become war or um, even with like an Alderanian artist. You know, I love little parts of Star Wars that celebrate, you know, life and beauty and hope and joy and exploration and all the things that the light side is fighting for and all the, you know, it's easy to throw around words like, you know, tyranny and freedom and like, okay, yeah. but what, what are the expressions of that? I love it when we see that, right. You know, Satine, uh, the rebel fighting for freedom is, you know, an artist ex wants to express herself in a way that the empire wouldn't allow. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, even if it wasn't right in the middle of the conflict, it, it could be, uh, a celebration of of it, it's tied to the war because this is what we're fighting for you know mm -hmm. um and i think there's this you're, you're really in my opinion correct to say i don't think it limits the writers at all clearly writers uh explore smaller scale stories uh in print a lot in comic books and in books there's plenty of little slice of life stories right uh uh, and maybe there's going to be some conflict in that. I think the challenge would be, as you said, for the audience, if it got to a point where um, there either wasn't a, just a ton of action or conflict, uh, so that adventure serial part of Star Wars isn't quite there, or yeah, the bias from the audience that if it's called Star Wars, it has to be huge stakes, huge galactic consequences instead of just like, is this one person going to have a good day? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm even thinking of like parts of Last Jedi, not to, not to bring up that discussion again, but like, I, I run into, I, I recently run into someone, very nice person, loves Star Wars, but there's like, I hate that movie. Okay, great. <sighs> that that Poe stuff and, and that and that Finn stuff with, with, um, with, with Rose went nowhere. And I'm like, that's, well, no, but what, what do they, what did you want? And I think, I still think they think, they needed to save the day there that that's needed to happen because it's star Wars. And that's where I, I, I go to is you run up against that a lot just as a billboard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I really wrestled for myself. Like there there's, I guess there's two things. There's the scale of the conflict, right? Cause we yeah. heard that from some people of like, well, solo, you know, it didn't funnel into the, any of the other stories. He didn't need to know what happened. He wasn't saving the galaxy or not. It was just this small scale. So where were the stakes? It was like an episode of clone wars, you know, right. uh, that kind of thing. So obviously there's some fan opinion, not all, but some fan opinion that, it, that it's about the scale of the conflict that really goes into the wars. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not star conflicts. <laughs> it's right. star wars and then on the this other issue of just like there's a bunch of different ingredients that make star wars and a big one is uh action adventure serial and even like episodes of the clone wars that are mostly political uh padme will still knock the lights out of a bounty hunter in an alley you know yeah. and it might be really dialed down in terms of the amount of uh storytelling space in that 22 minutes of clone wars that's given to action but there is still kind of an imperative that there must be actual physical 
conflict. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a big challenge. I think you'd have to really let people know ahead of time of like, this is, you know, it, you release an anthology show called Slice of the Galaxy and let people know like, there's not going to be a ton of conflict. It really is spending some time with some people yeah. and really lead with that. So people knew what they were getting into would be a really interesting challenge that maybe as we get more and more Star Wars conflict, uh, people just want to spend some time with some interesting characters. 22 stories of Coruscant. Yeah, I think. We, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then final note for me too, like even reading the high Republic, one of the challenges, um, I, as a, as a reader, had going into it was exactly that. What It's Star Wars, and we know there hasn't been a full-scale war in whatever C.O. Bibble said. So what are we doing? What are we getting? <laughs> and we get the Nile, and even then it's like pots, pirates, and everything. But to see, you, you mentioned earlier, of like uh, tied into what causes wars or what might cause future wars, you see so much. They're doing such a great job of layering in the issues of the galaxy and where tensions might be. Uh, growing and and take that out 200 years if, if you're not solving the problems you can see where uh, an entire uh, confederacy of systems is like we're out of here uh and i love kind of the way they're doing that where i feel the weight of the galaxy even though at times it's very small scale yeah yeah no it's it's the small scale conflicts uh that are affecting everyone in the galaxy right yeah yeah and seal that seal bible quote is a great reminder of uh of y- y- you got to that's what Seal Bibble said. That's not what Star Wars said. Yes. <laughs> and and now with the High Republic, is Seal Bibble is like, well, a war is when two sides uh, declare, declare and have armies with outfits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I like the idea that somebody else there pulls them aside. It's like the, the the conflict with the Nile was a pretty big deal, and then Seal Bibble being pedantic, like, ah, but was there a declaration of actual war? No, it was a conflict, not a war. We were talking about it with Sase Ted and that Clone Wars. Oh, it's been a long time since this is a. Uh, 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 whatever the lie was about a full-scale conflict it's like so yeah there again yeah yep you yep you gotta take uh the character's words as the character's words in in yep. my humble opinion all right that's a great question uh let's move on to the questions from our patrons on patreon you ready for this uh, let's do it okay david litchfield says as we all know david lynch was considered for the job of directing return of the jedi how do you think his version of the film would have played out and how might it have changed the entire saga that we know and love? Ken, this is a fascinating question because uh, I am extremely mm-hmm. <laughs> obsessed uh, with the filmmaker uh, David Lynch. Uh, recently rewatched all of his films in chronological order. Uh, so mm-hmm. I really like David Lynch a lot. Where do you stand on David Lynch? So I've, I've um, always absolutely respected him and, and I've, I've always uh, ben, it's so funny going back to even junior high. I, when about the time when Twin Peaks was originally on the air, like I've always had David Lynch fan, David Lynch fans around me, so it feels comforting to when I met you. <laughs> you're like I love David Lynch, uh, you know, and, and and I'm not super familiar with uh, all of his work, uh, and for, for I couldn't tell you the reason why. Uh, it's not that I don't love uh, things that are off kilter or a little artsy or have uh, uh, approached things from a different point of view. Uh, like I, I think uh, David Lynch's stuff does again from, from my kind of more distant point of view, but I've, I've, I've mentioned before and I've talked to you off air. I did see in theater, his 1999 film, the straight story, uh, which was shot in, uh, in order. They shot every scene in order. I'll always remember that. Uh, you got uh, Richard Farnsworth uh, as Alvin straight, this, this uh, uh, biological road drama as it's described. 
And I, I, there's some part of my mind and you are, I, I'm going to absolutely lean on you and absolutely <laughs> pass the ball to you here in the Lynch conversation. But I almost could imagine if he had full control or at least could get the, the film he wanted and, uh, as Return of the Jedi, that it wouldn't be this uh, full scale thing. It might just be one man's straight story through the galaxy to uh, deliver a package or prove something to himself. <laughs> or he'd just be like, and George would be like, no, we got to have, no, no, it's, we got to, Lot, a lot of things hanging the balance and Lynch just being like, no, 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 we'll, we'll get there. This is, this is, uh, we're going to tell the, the, we'll finally get the story of Chief, Chief Chirpa. I want to know his daily uh, routine. Yeah. I mean, we, yes, we, we could have uh, followed one of the Ewoks just uh, making their way through the forest for yeah. an extended, extended scene. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see that. Oh, that's so great that you saw a straight story in the theater because as big as a fan as I was, as, as it, my mind was a lot of places busy in 99, yeah. I somehow missed that it was coming out and I was shocked shocked and that film is great uh my uh, friend great actor in the twin cities tracy maloney is in that film because he mm. cast uh, all local people from minnesota and wisconsin right yeah yeah it was out there yeah um yeah yeah long yeah it was back when i was uh studying screenwriting a little more closely and, and was seeing everything that came on out and uh yeah absolutely sat there sat there in the theater watching that one so and, and yeah. thinking hey this guy almost made return of the jedi <laughs> well, to, to the second part of David's question, and, and then I will try to contain myself on Lynch thoughts. Um, if Lynch had made uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, the story as we know it on the page, the main events, but it was simply communicated in a much artsier way where some things were ambiguous, where some things were a little bit more, uh, there was a little bit more symbolism to what was happening. And it was just told in a, in a different language of film. Mm. Uh, but it was the same events, the same things happened. How do you think that would have changed Star Wars? Um, how would it have changed? We, I don't know if we would be having as many conversations about, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? What, I'm not saying it would have, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I lean on you for lynch. You tell okay. me. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I tried to write down some of my thoughts to contain myself. We'll see how I, I yeah. do. Um, I think I love the joke of of the idea that David Lynch would make the Ewok movie with the Emperor. And like right. there's you can find funny things on YouTube of what if Lynch had made it. And it's like slowed down Ewoks with the kind of deep guttural yeah. noises that uh, uh, the ominous whooshing that appears in many uh, yeah. David Lynch films. Uh, you can find uh, two cuts of Lynch talking about his interview with Lucas. Uh, mm -hmm. Find the longer cut on YouTube because the shorter cut cuts off this incredibly important thing that Lynch says at the end, which is that he told that he had, as he says on the video, he had next door to no interest in this. And he's showing me all his Wookiees. <laughs> uh, and uh, Lynch ends up saying, I told George he should just direct it because he's, he, we're not that different as filmmakers. He really, this is his world. He built it. He makes, it makes sense to him. He follows his passion, right. uh, which is exactly what I do. The only difference is millions of people love his vision. <laughs> like Lynch has a sense of humor about it. There isn't a, I am better than this. It's an, I'm different than this. Right. right. Um, so lost in some of those jokes and discussions is that this is totally not surprising and totally reasonable that Lucas would ask Lynch at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're, you know, roughly around the same age. Uh, I think they have a lot of the same sort of spiritual viewpoints that get expressed in their work. Uh, Lynch makes a, a racer head, which is this surprise hit midnight movie. And off of the strength of that, uh, Mel Brooks, who is producing the elephant man, uh, invites Lynch 
uh, it's more complicated than this, but I'm trying to keep it simple. Yeah. Mel Brooks invites David Lynch to make uh, Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lynch does um, a, a great job. There's some artsy stuff. The studio tries to cut the artsy stuff. And Mel Brooks is like, leave it alone. It's great. <laughs> Mel Brooks does not credit himself as the producer because he doesn't want anyone to think Elephant Man is a comedy. Right. Uh, Elephant Man goes on to be nominated for a metric blank ton of Academy Awards. It's a big hit. So it looks like Lynch is going to be this guy who made a super weird, super personal film. But now he's just a great auteur that you hire to make your movies. Mm. So not that surprising at that point in Lynch's career that Lucas would ask him. Totally. Uh, Because Lucas sees himself as an auteur, right? He grew up working with auteurs. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I think... The fascinating thing, David's question is what would have happened if they if they actually did work on this? And I just I just don't think it would ever would have happened. Even if if both of them had thought that's what they wanted, uh, they both would have there would have been like like, you know, our modern things are like Kathleen Kennedy. Let (laughs) let those directors go in the middle of the film. That's what would have happened. Yeah. Um, uh, Because Lucas because Lynch was right. Lucas want it's his baby. And he's Lucas himself has said, I hired, uh, you know, Richard Marquand. He did a great job, but I was still there every day. Mm -hmm. I was still on set. He was involved. Um, And then at the same time, what Lynch ends up doing is Dune. And it is a defining tragedy for him because his control is taken away. Right. He calls it. He says he died the death making Dune Mm. because final cut was taken away from him. Uh, so I just don't think it ever would have happened. Um, but then uh, to answer David's question directly uh, is if they've been able to get together on the fact that they're very interested in common uh, themes of like the contrast between fear and hope, um, strained parental relationships. Uh, if you listen to Lynch talk about meditation, which he's a big fan and proponent of, it sounds like you're just reading Qui-Gon talking to Obi-Wan about the mm. Force. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. these guys are very different, but they're in sync about the big ideas. So if if Lynch had been able to kind of get his fingers in it and understand, I think, what Lucas wanted to make it a, about under the surface, mm. I, I think they, they would have been able to make a, a weird, good movie together. But the big thing that would be different is uh, Lynch wants to disappear into a world and feel it. Mm-hmm. He wants to make other people feel it. So he's interested in in darkness and horror and making you feel it. So I think the emperor would have been like crawling with bugs. <laughs> he would have been diseased. When you stared in his eyes, he would have flashed it to scenes of, of uh, abstract horror to just make you feel how rotten and disgusting he is, you know? Right. I think uh, Vader, when he has his epiphany to save Luke, might have actually seen some actual vision Mm. of of light you know when luke uses the force you would probably like see weird connections of in in the cosmos it would just all been much more symbolic and metaphoric is the way i think it would have ended up being and i think um i think a lot of people would have been what the hell is this <laughs> yeah i was how, how much time would he, he have spent on dagobah debating uh stuff with force obi-wan <laughs> You know, how many times would he would he have spent time there? Would he have been inter- interested in that side of it? It's it's these are all big giant what ifs, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that story. Uh, uh, there's a in many Lynch works. There's there's issues of uh, parents letting you down. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, d- no spoilers uh, for uh, anybody who hasn't watched uh, some of Lynch's work. Uh, so, but yeah, I think if he would have gotten it, 
got into those ideas that Lynch said he did Dune because he found a way to connect with it. And as mm-hmm. we've talked about recently, there are a lot of similarities with Dune. There's the chosen one. There's strained father figures. There's the mechanical versus the organic. I think Lynch would have just dived into every single idea and then been desperate to try to make you feel it. You know, mm-hmm. I think maybe, you know, there'd be flashes of Luke slaughtering Vader. <laughs> Right, right. And Obi-Wan being like thumbs up and like weird ominous wishing of like um, one father figure is encouraging me to kill another father figure. Ah, the terror, the tension, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Luke kind of collapsing into the weight of uh, all that and, and, and just trying to figure that out, pick that apart with Obi-Wan would have been fascinating to me. All while a, uh, you know, guttural sounding Ewok danced around him. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The Ewok, there would have been a lot of weird... Uh, like dad jokes with the Ewoks too. Cause that's a big part of Lynch too. Is like, he, there is this, like he's known a lot of times for the darkness, but there's this great contrast where this like cornball goofy lightness, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that would have been there with the Ewoks. <laughs> cornball goofy lightness. David Lynch is <laughs> star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So I think it would have bombed terribly. I think people would have been extremely angry because it would have been such a different style of storytelling, but maybe to David's question, the legacy would have been uh, fans being a little bit more open to ambiguity and and David Lynch's great phrase, room to dream, Mm. that he wants people to interact with the films. He knows exactly what they mean to him. Right. But he wants people to think about what it means to them and be open to interpret it and to open to film being a conversation. And that part of it is a thing that I think John Favreau has expressed interest in mm-hmm. of you don't need every answer uh, because if you don't have every answer, you can go to your toy box and you can play. I think I would take much more of that in Star Wars, a room to dream, room to play, room to imagine, room to wonder. It mm-hmm. sounds like maybe this is true. Do you feel that's true? Then it's true for you. I think yeah. Star Wars could use a lot of that. How do, <laughs> how do you think David Lynch would have uh, done in the, uh, the, the media promotional onslaught of Star Wars? The interviews... <laughs> Would have been just that. I don't know. Figure it out. Do it yourself. Again, he would not have done it. If if you if you want to also have some fun, there's a supercut of Lynch refusing to talk about his work, <laughs> which is just incredibly satisfying in a, yeah. in a great contrast to the like the second a film is out, here's the interview with people telling you exactly what it meant, and yeah. years later people are like, so in a racer head, would you be willing to tell me uh, why the baby looks that way? No, <laughs> but the baby's a puppet, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff hey we got Werner Herzog in Star Wars we can still get David Lynch in Star Wars oh man as an actor that would be great yes. I would absolutely love that all right uh, thanks uh, for indulging me Ken no I no, I, sorry I, I don't mean to just say hey I'm leaning on you here but it's like I, I, you're so knowledgeable and passionate about this guy uh, it's some wonderful what ifs but uh, David Lynch is a world I have uh, not fully understood I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way I mean I just like I tried with Tim, Twin Peaks, and I was like, I, I mean, I love Kyle McLaughlin, David Bowie. What's going on here? I don't know. Oh, did you just watch Fire Walk with me without watching the series? Uh, no, I, t- I tried watching the series when it was on TV. It was a you know, but then the mo- my roommates love Fire Walk with me at the time when I moved to LA. That was always on, and we we're big David Bowie fans in the house too. So it was just, uh, we, I mean, my roommate even had David Bowie net. Remember when he had his own uh, internet that you could buy? <laughs> so it was, I just that movie was always on. And it was quoted. My friends will still quote it. They should, they should, you should start Lynch sitter and they would listen. Um, uh, yeah. Know. To quote David Bowie, I've been to one of their meetings. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, that that's uh, the David Bowie scene is is one of the ones that leaves the most room to dream. Uh, so I understand. Room I understand. But maybe sometime it'd be fun, uh, you know, down the road to have you watch something and and we yeah. can talk a little bit about it because I think part of the reason I get passionate about it is because it's such an exercise and sometimes creators can have similar ideas and interests but they express them so differently that the right. thought of the two things coming together is mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. Space kind space-time continuums being destroyed. Exactly. Fabric of exactly. The galaxy. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our final question uh, from Brendan Bozarth. Brendan says, hopefully you haven't already been asked a question like this. Smiley face. In Attack the Clones, we see people watching a sport that looks like droids basically playing American football, which after looking it up is apparently called Nuna Ball. What do you think uh, some of the teams playing this sport could be called? How about the Mimban Mudhorns or Coruscant Clankers? <laughs> uh, so I was happy to get this question because I had just looked this up for trivia. It is indeed Nuna Ball. Mm. And uh, Wikipedia describes it as Nuna Ball was a sport in which members of the Nuna species were used as the ball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, it is being played by Rick series worker droids, uh, the same kind of droid that uh, pilots the uh, uh, space rickshaw that Anakin and Padme ride in Attack of the Clones. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. Um, I knew it was Nuna Ball. If I dug deep, I could remember that. I did not know it was literal Nuna Ball. <laughs> Exactly. That's like a football if the ball was actually like a severed human foot. <laughs> or it's literal. The toss around the pigskin was actually the pig. Wow. <laughs> An actual pig. Wow. Yeah. So uh once you get past processing your emotions about Nuna Ball. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about uh names for some good Nuna Ball teams? Uh yes, yes. Uh this is uh this is fun. Uh yeah, I, I have a Haas City Wampas shirt. Mm. Uh, that's just a generic, uh, that's always fun. But I, I, uh, I came up with just a list because it, it is, uh, yeah. In, in naming sports teams as, uh, we are finding it could be, you know, you, you gotta be careful on sports teams and where they came from, uh, and, and how things change over time. So I was trying to look at star Wars planets and try, trying to figure out what really would represent them. Um, and, uh, I think I did. Okay. I think I did. Okay. I'm looking at my list. I don't think well, I'm, I'm fascinated because uh, I went down the thought path that you did of what would make sense. And then I said, eh, I'm just going for alliteration. So you're going to have some thought out ones and uh, I'm just going to have things that start with the same letter. Yeah, but, that, but that's often that's so so funny. That kind of sometimes where you where you go. Um, uh, but all right, I'll just I'll just go to the list here. Let's dive in. Go now, for it. This is an original. I just I really thought about it. And I was like, what what would you what? Uh, what would this be? And I went with Moss Eisley, but the, the Moss Eisley jizz whalers. And <laughs> you're, I'm trying to think like, no, that's a bad joke. That's everyone's got that reference reference. And I was like, no, that kind of, you know, the Moss Eisley uh, outer rim, I, I'm Moss Eisley, you know, droid dealer, like, it, it, the bartenders, it, nothing works. Nothing works other than jizz whalers for me, which isn't even, you know, it's not like uh, figuring Dan is, you know, born and bred in Tatooine. He's seen the galaxy, seen the world, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's uh, it's something that uh, the area is known for. So, yeah. So I, I wanted to, great. I wanted to get that one out of the way. But there we go. Then I went with the Ryloth Revolutionaries. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That one's great. I think that would work. I went with the um, Mandalore Warriors, by the way, the Mandalore Mercs, Mandalore Mercs, but that's that they're they're this warrior culture. That one would work. Uh, that one would be simple. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a real life sports name, but it, it would it would work. I think it would represent uh, the people of Mandalore. 
better. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I mean, I think like the really uh, impressive move would be call your whole team the Mandalorian. <laughs> like, that, we don't yeah. need a plural. It's just one. I'll do it. That, that actually might work. Uh, then a couple more here. I went to, and by the way, you, yeah, you could, I, I did the same thing. I went to the list of planets and I started uh, rhyming and, and uh, alliterating all the words there. Um, <laughs> uh, Bracca Scrappers. Oh, I think, I think it depending on, of course, obviously oh. when, um, um, and then, uh, Exegol Eternal. Uh, oh, it, these are great. I, I've watched too much sports in my life, Joseph. Um, not enough David Lynch, too much sports. Uh, and then the final one is Borderline. This could ruffle some feathers, but I think in a way, uh, they would, uh, they would wear it on their sleeves. The now hut of slugs. Uh, cause it doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> it, it, it's a hut. But they could take it on as uh, an avatar and uh, kind of be like, yeah, this is uh, where the now how to slugs. Uh, and uh, and then there's a college. Uh, what is it? The uh, banana slug. So you got to it's, it's it tracks in, in real sports names. Oh, that's great. Those are great. And I think uh, I think those could actually be used in Galaxy. Uh, maybe not Exegol Eternal because they're meant to be secret. Yeah. yeah. yeah be, <laughs> so uh, I guess post Rise of Skywalker. Yes, to mock yeah. them. <laughs> be new, it'd be a new expansion team that uh, shows up uh, in, in the new New Republic era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I just went with alliteration. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the Kessel Kreats. <laughs> yes. Because uh, it would be, you know, a, a nice scary dragon and a scary spice mining planet. Um, this one is uh, is weird, uh, but I, I was thinking like, much like the Exegol Eternal, uh, which is way better, you need something that's just going to strike fear into your opponent's heart uh, and also has alliteration. Uh, so I went with the Dantooine Darths. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, there's something about separating uh, the, you know, the Maul and the Tyrannus from Darth. Darth. Uh, Darth sounds like just some guy you went to college with. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the final one for me is a, it is not uh, alliteration. It's just, I, I always like this with um, sports teams when they're the fighting something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought the fighting and what animal do I like that I think needs a little bit more praise, a little bit more attention. Uh, so I went with the fighting varactyls. Ooh, no, that's a winner. That's a big winner. Yeah, that, I think that one's my best. But uh, but yours, Ken, are phenomenal. Very well done. <laughs> a life of being a sports fan has paid off in this question. Finally, finally. <laughs> Any other thoughts? No, no, no. Wonderful question. And and uh, you know, we we go all parts of the Star Wars galaxy here, from uh, fun sports stuff to deep uh, ruminations on David Lynch. So I love all the questions that come in here. You make me stretch my Star Wars brain. Yeah, great questions, everybody. Thank you, uh, Brendan, David, Rob, and Gaz. Those are our questions, Ken. Those are our questions, indeed. We are almost out of here, but not before we uh, let you know where to find us. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Though the time of this recording, Instagram and Facebook still down, and now reports that Facebook's just been gone, deleted, done. Uh, uh, it's it's been a one wonderful fun day. We're all we're all going back to Friendster. We'll be on there soon too. Uh, the podcast is available at Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. As long as all those things exist, uh, merch is available at tpublic.com/user/slash/Four Center, and you can support directly at patreon.com slash four center uh we uh from there you can get to our discord where we have weekly and daily conversations with our four center community and don't forget if you uh are uh one of the top two tiers uh you have uh the fourth fourth four center 1000 poster uh 
the hardest thing for us to say here on these parts. Uh, a lot of them has been shipped out. I still owe about 24, but you haven't provided your address for me yet uh, because in the, the old way we had the page set up, uh, we didn't ask for your address. But if you're one of the top two tiers and you already had been there, go ahead, uh, drop your address or DM me on uh, Discord so I can get that poster, a sticker, and a special surprise out to you. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. Again, if you're in New York and the New York area, I'll be there Thursday night uh, doing comedy with Mark Ellis, Jen Sturger, and others. I'll be popping in on Friday. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. We'll be at the New York Comedy Club in the East Village. Joseph. That sounds like such a great show. I hope people uh, go and check it out uh, for myself. You can find me social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, well, Twitter and TikTok. We'll see what happens with Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> my handle is at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you want to check out uh, all my other various comedy adventures, you can go to my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, in particular, uh, you can check out my other comedy podcast, Obsessed. We'll be talking about some fun pop culture stuff in the coming weeks there as well. So that's it for Finding Me, Ken. That's it for finding uh, Joseph, finding me, and finding you, finding all of our Four Center friends. So, for the Exegol Eternal and their hopes in the new division once they uh, show up to play, this has been Four Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.